I was pregnant with my third baby, it was my son, and I was in the middle of one of my biggest deals ever. It was with a district out of Arizona, and I was super excited. I've been talking to the guy for weeks, back and forth. It was gonna be this entire district. And at the end of the, the three weeks, we were getting down to picking dates for me to come out and train the teachers. They were gonna buy the curriculum, and he said, can you come out next month? Well, he had not known this whole time because he'd been over the phone and email that I was pregnant. I was eight mm -hmm. months pregnant. And I said, I can't come out next month because I'm eight months pregnant. I'm about to have a baby. But as soon as I have the baby, I can come out the following month uh, or I can send someone else out. And his response was, I don't know the exact words. This was about eight years ago, but it was something along the lines of, I don't think you're ready to, to, to do your business and take on both the role of being the CEO of Top School Writing and running uh, and being able to train and be a mom. And so he said, I don't think this is gonna work out anymore. And he, that was it, never heard from him again. And so I remember after going through that like minute where we kind mm -hmm. of listened and we're like, maybe I can't do both. And I was like, no, 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 I can do both. So, you know, afterwards, I wish I could find him now because I want to be like, bro, I had another baby. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, you know, it that's it. That's hard because we just have to prove ourselves 10 times more. So it's just more work. Welcome back to the Voyage Podcast. We're excited to have three of our content partners joining us for a panel on female entrepreneurship, building and scaling a business, and building out work-life balance. Content partners help Voyage in so many ways, from sponsoring our mission to spreading the word about the work we do and collaborating with us on content like this. Without further ado, here's our panel. Well, thank you so much all for meeting with me. My name is Madison and I am with the Voyage team. And I'm so excited to be here with three beautiful and talented female entrepreneurs based out of Miami. And I'm so excited to get to know each of you a little bit more, hear more about your stories and hopefully get really inspired today. Awesome. Fantastic. Yay. <laughs> We're happy oh, to be good here. Stuff. Thank you for having us, Madison. Oh, yeah. thanks, you guys. I appreciate that. Well, I'd love for you all to kick it off with your 30-second elevator pitch, who you are and what your business is and what you're passionate about. Lisa, do you want to start us off? Sure. All right. So my name is Lisa Collum. I am the owner and author of Top Score Writing. Top School Writing is a curriculum company. We serve uh, schools and parents nationwide and give writing curriculum lessons and resources. And I'm also the owner of Coastal Middle and High School, which is my local nonprofit school for students that struggle in school or just need something different. And uh, my uh, first and foremost job is I'm a mom of four. So I have a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, 11-year-old, and a six-year-old. Wow, that's amazing. Amazing. Give us all tips. So I am a new mama, pandemic mother, if you will. I have two under two. <laughs> Didn't have enough Netflix, I guess. So I, <laughs> I am new to motherhood, but I've been in business and marketing for 18 years. I am the CEO of Flourish Media. We are a marketing training and development company based here in Miami, Florida. We specialize in helping our clients to cultivate 
online communities that convert into clients, customers, and champions for their brand. The thing that I'm most proud of and the thing people know me for is that myself and my business partner raised $15 million to invest into businesses that are owned and operated by women. And the container that we do that through, thank you, ladies, is uh, through the Flourish Media Conference, which we host here in Miami, Florida, every February. And in the fall, we host a book fair for women authors. So you could say that I have a special place in my heart for literacy, financial literacy and literacy overall. Amazing. That's that's so special. Vanessa, tell us about yourself. Hey, so I'm excited to tell you about myself. I feel like like I'm the old lady in the room. Oh, <laughs> everybody's talking about having their kids and like I'm having grandkids and great grandkids. So this is really an awesome format. But I'm Vanessa Tinsley. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I started my first business at 18. And about 35 years ago, I founded Bridge to Hope. And I am currently the executive director and the driving force behind this amazing nonprofit that provides comprehensive wraparound supports to low income and in crisis families here in Miami Dade County. We do, um, emergency relief as well. So we've been in Houston, Texas, and we've done projects in the Bahamas and the Keys after Hurricane Irma. Busy lady. Yeah. So we've grown from like an organization that serves 30 to serving over 140,000 people a year. That's Amazing. phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. I'm already so inspired, ladies. This is this is great. I love being in the presence of some incredible people. Well, let's get started with these questions. Right off the bat, I would love to know what you each feel is the most challenging aspect of being a female entrepreneur. Vivian, do you want to get started with that one? Sure. So one of the, there's a number of different challenges that comes along with being an entrepreneur, regardless if you're a woman or um, non-binary or however you, you know, identify. Now, that being said, being a woman entrepreneur is challenging because of the additional cultural and societal pressures that are simply put on women. So if you Mm -hmm. want to grow a family, there's expectations uh, on how much time you would spend with your family. It's phenomenal, Lisa, that you have four kids. I am blown away by that because me juggling, readjusting to having two children under two, there's so many areas that I didn't realize um, that were gender norms that I didn't know that I was absorbing, responsible for, activating, acting within that I, that become very prominent as you become a parent. Now, when it comes to my area that of focus, which is funding and business um, financing, Women in business have seen such a drastic, dismal investment when it comes to VCs and being able to grow their businesses. And for me, the difference that shows up for me is that, you know, eight years ago when we raised that money, the numbers was 5%. About 5% of women were seeing investment dollars from VCs and funders when it came to their businesses. And since the pandemic, unfortunately, that number by some statistics has dropped to point. 5%, 0.5% of funding. And a lot of that has to do with the decisions that women have made in order to sustain their families, you know, stepping away from their jobs or making adjustments that reflect in the bottom line in the accounting. And so when it comes to getting funding or talking to a VC, a lot of times they're asking for those documented numbers. And through the pandemic, women businesses have really seen um, hardships in that area. So that's what I see. Yeah. Wow. 
Uh, Vanessa, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Awesome. So I think there are a lot of challenges um, that have already been addressed. One is, for me, it's just that the glass ceiling really exists. And we all know that. And while there have been great strides in the last 40 or 50 years, um, compared to what our mothers and our grandmothers faced, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to show up at the bank, to show up um, at the investment company, to show up with the potential vendors that you want to work with in a female body. Um, We are always dealing with perceptions. And that is a challenge. You know, when we're young women, the perception is, oh, she's moody because... And then when we're older, the perception is, oh, she's moody because mm, <laughs> um, yeah. we never we never would say about a, a male in this space, like, oh, he just his, his testosterone is too low or, you know, <laughs> or, you know we, we just right. don't talk that way. But somehow, like our physiology factors into everything we do. If we come mm-hmm. into the room and we look pretty and our makeup is done and whatever, then we then that there's a perception around that. Oh, mm-hmm. well, she's just a bimbo. Or she's, you know, leveraging her assets or, you know, if we come in with our hair pulled back and whatever, then, you know, she's the, you know, the word that they use for us <laughs> when we show up looking like that. So I, I feel like, you know, just as a woman, there's a, there's a huge challenge every morning to just get up and be ourselves and show mm-hmm. up as ourselves and be confident. We talk a lot about confidence and how much it matters in the business world. Um, but we we know that there's there are perceptions around all of that. And I think that that is just really hugely challenging. And it's it's harder for us to find role models, like who looks like me, who sounds like me, who can, who's already starting to blaze this trail and I can walk in that path. There's just not as much of that for us. Yeah, you're absolutely right. For sure. So for me, um, it's always, I think there's so many things, but the main thing is like always being the only female in the room and being taken Mm -hmm. seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been working on my business for over 10 years and I have been either pregnant or breastfeeding like 80% of it. So I'm always talk. I either have a belly or I'm talking about, I need to go pump or I'm talking about, I need to go pick up a kid or I'm getting a phone call from a school. Um, and that's just the reality of it. And I feel like a lot of times I've had to prove myself even more because of that, because I'm not taken seriously mm-hmm. because I've got to run out because I'm getting the call, you know, cause of course they're going to call mom first. And so that's, you know, played a factor in a lot of it because, you know, I do a lot of in-person, I show up at trainings mm-hmm. to to train 500 people at a time. And I know I have an eight month belly and they're like, really? And I'm like, really? Like I can still talk, <laughs> uh, you know, and, you know, we're walking into a meeting with all men talking about a, a district deal and, you know, having to go take a break to make sure the kid got to daycare or whatever it is. And so, you know, one of the stories that stands out for me the most that I don't think I'll ever forget. I was pregnant with my third baby it was my son. And I was in the middle of one of my biggest deals ever was with a district out of Arizona. And I was super excited. I've been talking to the guy for weeks back and forth. It was going to be this entire district. And at the end of the the three weeks, we were getting down to picking dates for me to come out and train the teachers. They were going to buy the curriculum. And he said, can you come out next month? Well, he had not known this whole time because he'd been over the phone and email that I was pregnant. I was eight Mm -hmm. months pregnant. And I said, "Um, I can't come out 
next month, because I'm eight months pregnant, I'm about to have a baby. But as soon as I have the baby, I can come out the following month um, or I can send someone else out. And his response was, I don't know the exact words. This was about eight years ago, but it was something along the lines of, I don't think you're ready um, to, to, to do your business and take on both the role of being the CEO of Top School Writing and running uh, and being able to train and be a mom. And so he said, I don't think this is going to work out anymore. And he, that was it. Never heard from him again. And so I remember after going through that like minute where we kind mm-hmm. of listened and we're like, maybe I can't do both. And I was like, no, 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 I can do both. So, you know, afterwards, I wish I could find him now. Cause I want to be like, bro, I had another baby, Yeah, but you know, it's just, you know, it, that's, it, that's hard because we just have to prove ourselves 10 times more. It's, so it's just more work. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible story. Oh my goodness. Um, that's a great segue into my next question. Actually, how do each of you find work-life balance? I know you're all so busy, not only running your businesses, but also being a, a mom, a grandma, a spouse, a friend. How do you find time for all of that? I'd love to hear your advice. Well, I would say uh, time management is super important. And uh, one of the things that we focus on in my agency and for Flourish Media and when we're working with CEOs and business owners is making sure that they're in alignment with their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And in that alignment, talking about having a joy-focused business. And for me, a joy-focused business is a business that makes money. One, that is profitable. And then two, that aligns with what I actually want out of my life. And that really looks like being able to spend time with my family, being able to spend time with my spouse, being able to, you know, hug and pick up my daughters from daycare every single day or drop them off. I want to be involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so it requires very clear understanding of what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, trusting other people to help you because none of us do this by ourselves. You know, um, we have businesses to run. We have people who work for us. We have nannies, daycare, mm-hmm. schools, uh, all of these different places where our families are engaged. And it's important that we have those resources in our world. Mm-hmm. And I think that it would be uh, unfair of us to pretend like we're doing this all on our own because you do need right. to have a team. So I would say, you know, the time management is the first piece, being clear on what's important to you in your lifestyle, and then being open to receiving help. Uh, And in that receiving help, it's a good idea to have a clear understanding of how to communicate. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we don't know how to ask for help. And we have to learn, uh, especially as women, because we're, we're told and we're indoctrinated into this idea of taking on so many different things all the time where our male counterparts don't necessarily have the same level of challenges when it comes to that. So learning to delegate, learning to say, I need help with this at this time. And this is the result that I want to see from you helps you to be more effective in Mm -hmm. uh, cultivating your tribe. Yeah. Great. That's awesome. Don't leave me hanging. So what are you, what are you guys doing? You know, when it comes to managing all this stuff, you've been doing it. I would a uh, little bit longer than me for sure. With the ten years in your business and uh, being a grandma, what are some of the tools that you're using? Oh my goodness! I you know I gave up on the idea of balance a while back. 
Um, (laughs) Well, primarily, and I know that sounds terrible, but honestly, like for the longest time, there was this push about, especially with women, you have to have balance. You have to be like perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect entrepreneur and, and these things. But life is not balanced. <laughs> let's let's right. wait. That life is ebb and flow. The tide comes in, the tide goes out. That there, that's that's the reality. Like there are times when your business takes up a lot of your time, and you have to be okay with that. I, you know, that's really exactly what you were talking about, Lisa, with this this man saying, "Oh no, you can't. You're not ready." And and that really wasn't your truth. Like it didn't, your picture didn't present as this balance. Now you have the time for this and the time for that. And um, I just feel like we need to be okay with being in the ebb and flow. I have spiritual practice that, that for me, that is actually what's elevated my business and allowed me mm-hmm. to do what I do. I just, I find it necessary to, to be centered in everything that I do and to just be fully present there if I'm working yeah. on something and I'm just fully present with that. When I'm with my family and I have seven kids and 14 grandkids and a big <laughs> family and, and I love it. And I, biologic parents I just discovered. And, and so wow. I'm with my family, I am with my family. I'm not yeah. checking messages and, and my head is not over here trying to problem solve. I'm just there. Um, when I'm in my practice practice. I'm just there. When I'm doing my work, I'm just there. And for me, finally, I'm like in my happy place. I don't wake up to an alarm in the morning. I just get up really early because I'm excited about what I'm doing the day in the day. Wow. 14 hours to work. It's fine because it's not work. I'm in my happy place. The joy that you were talking about, the joy is just there. So um, to heck with balance. I think that Luli, um, I wish I could remember Luli's last name. Luli B says balance is bullshit. And she wrote a book by that title. And, and I think it's hugely liberating. Let's just be who we are and be happy and content there. And for me, that's, that's the magic. Wow. Here, I love it. Yeah, yeah. snaps for that. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because I I usually I don't hear other people say that, but my go-to line is there's no such thing as balance. Um wow. and I think that as someone and and Vanessa, I'm sure you can vouch for this, but as someone who now has a my oldest is 17, who has been with me since the beginning, I can tell you that by you going through those days that are busy and days that are not busy and being having to work really hard for a week, but then going on a family vacation, whatever them seeing that is a life lesson that you cannot teach out of a book. Mm. And I promise you the I know the guilt's there. I still have guilt. There are some days I'm fine. I go to bed and I'm like, I don't think I talked to the one kid today. Like, I think I just, you know, cause someone has come in and go to bed and I'm like, geez, Lisa. But at the same time, I, I, I know I've taught them something so valuable they would have never gotten by them seeing that. They need to know that sometimes mom has to work a 14-hour day, but there will be days I only work two hours. There will be times I take off to come to your school to do an event. Um, There will be times I have to, before vacation, I'm real big on like, mommy's going to be in her office all day for the next three days. And then we are going on our cruise or we're going on wherever we're going, but they need to learn that. This is it. Life isn't about you just jump on a cruise. No, you got to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my 17 year old, 14 year old, 11, they've seen it. They know they're like, oh, she's got to work. We're going on vacation next week. And but I need them to learn that. And I need them to know that my three boys, I need them to know that their wife may do this. And that's OK. She can be a good mom. She can run a business. She can work late. Sometimes she can have days off. It is 
it's this balance overall. It's not this daily balance. And on top of that, I am just the queen of um, scheduling, delegating, and prioritizing. Those are like my three words. Yep. I mean, I, I I joke. I don't use my phone. I use a paper and pencil, and I make a list every day. And these are my priority sticky notes. Mm-hmm. And I may make a list, and it has 70 things. And if I just stare at that list, I become overwhelmed. And I'm, I don't do that anymore. I prioritize what has to be done tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I start delegating. And it could be a person. It could be um, an app, my shipped app for groceries. Mm. That's my delegation. That gives me back two hours of the week. I don't have to go to the store. I don't have to grocery. It gets delivered on my front porch. That's mm. a delegation for me. Um, yeah. So, you know, my you were talking about like communicating with people. It pisses me off, but I got to make a list for my husband all the time. But that's his way of wanting to know. He's like, write me a list. I learned that he just, you know, I'm like, no one comes out of the sky and tells me what to do, but whatever. Um, so I write him a list, but I've learned that that's how I have to communicate. I need help. These are things I need you to do. And so I do this list every single night. I take five, 10 minutes before the day. I can't start the day without knowing because if I don't do that, I become overwhelmed easily Mm -hmm. because I just start thinking of all the things. But if I prioritize and I know what has to be done tomorrow and what could be done over the next two days and what could be done over the next week, then I feel like I have a plan and it's doable. Mm -hmm. And so that's just, that's my go-to because I, I, there's just way too many things. And my list includes everything from like making a presentation to like making a dentist appointment for one kit, just whatever needs to be done on the list. Yep. (laughs) I love it. I actually use an online platform called Trello. I don't know if any of you have heard of that, but that has been a life changing website for me. Just being able to see it digitally. I wish I could have a physical paper planner. I have one that was very expensive and it's very (laughs) cute and I love it, but I can't use it for me. It has to be digital. So it's so interesting to hear. I I I just use like a spiral notebook. I use nothing like I'm so old school with it, but I just can't. (laughs) I even have a, a paper and pencil calendar. Like my team makes fun of me. They're like, uh, can we make a meeting on this day? I'm like, I don't have my calendar with me. And they're like, it's on your phone. I'm like, nope, it's on my desk. Mm-hmm. Totally <laughs> different. <laughs> and hey, I saw that. I saw that notebook there. You have one too, see? <laughs> yeah, you're not alone at all. And you know, when it comes to running my business, my business is a remote business. All of my staff work all over the United States. And we live and breathe by Trello and Google Suite. We love Google Docs, Sheets, all of that, because I need to be able to see everything in my business on my phone. Uh, But when it comes to my personal things, I am a pen to paper kind of gal. Yeah. Pen to paper. I think there's something to be said for pen and paper. I love, thank you, Lisa, for sharing your post-it notes because I feel so like, oh, it's okay now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love my digital tools, but at the end of the day, like 90% of my planner is like post-it notes stuck in the planner. I think it's something I put it on a post-it note and they're so easy to move around. Like, oh. Hey, this has That's to be over there. And, you know, and I slap them up my poor team. Like, they're just like, oh my gosh, can you get an iPhone? And it's like, no, I love my Android. Here's your post it notes for the day. <laughs> on the glass and move those notes today. All right. Whatever <laughs> works, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my next question Who is your role model? Who's inspiring you today? Who wants to start with this one? So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Vanessa. (laughs) I have an unusual set of role models. You know, 
back in the day, unfortunately, there weren't a lot of role models for women, Mm -hmm. especially as entrepreneurs. My dad was one of those people who paid for my male cousins to go to college, but never even talked to me. I didn't know it was an option for me. Uh, So my role models, I, I didn't go to school until later in life. Uh, but my role models were my children, my girls who are in their 40s. My youngest is 38, but um, they are so badass. <laughs> and I wanted them to go for everything in life. So as they were coming up, and even now as, as amazing adult women, they inspire me to rise higher every day and to mm. be sure that not just to follow them, but to be sure that I show them that the skin we walk in, whether it's the color of our skin or the gender that we are, does not influence who we can become. All things truly are possible. Mm-hmm. They're not easy. All things are right. not easy. <laughs> right. But all things truly are possible. And so they just, you know, having these girls and wanting more for them than was mm-hmm. ever offered to me. That's my inspiration. And they're my role model, watching them try out for things as kids in school, going Mm -hmm. for the school play. Every time they did something, you know, they modeled for me that they believed what I was saying. And I had to live it until I could believe it, too. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I like that. Yeah. That's a great answer. Uh, You know, I feel like um, more nowadays, like there, I have so many role models that are just your day-to-day people because of social media. Mm-hmm. I think like I come across so many people that, um, you know, are just great role models for different reasons. It could be, you know, the things they do as a mom, things, things they do as a business owner. Um, so I feel like there's just a lot, like there are certain people I follow on social media for those specific reasons, that inspiration or those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably like, you know, the most famous or name person for me personally is Sarah Blakely. And, um, you know, the, the creator of Spanx. And the reason is, is, um, it's kind of a similar story of like, started with very little money. You know, it was a side hustle out of her apartment. Like I did it in my living room and, you know, built it into this huge company and has kids and is married and, and that aligns to my story. So I think I feel the most, uh, related to her as a role model overall. And I think it's important for people to see, you know, that it is possible to have it all, to be married and to have a bunch of kids and to run businesses. And, you know, sometimes like people close to me will be like, why do you do all that stuff on Instagram? You're always doing all these dance things. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, to motivate, to inspire. I didn't, yes. think it was I didn't think it was possible. So if I can inspire somebody or two or three, that's the reason because, you know, we have this like short life. And I think that, I think especially moms should do do it all, whatever they want. And I want them to see that that's capable or, you know, that they're capable of doing that. You know what, ladies? I mean, what you shared really touched me because uh, it is true that I'm inspired by so many just regular old ladies who are just out there. You know, um, one woman who comes to mind right now and um, rest in peace, her name is Deanne Conley Graham. Um, and she was a, really a pillar here in, in South Florida. And she passed away recently. And one of my favorite things about her was that her integrity working with um, Centrist Bank, her history working working here in the community and being active and vocal with uh, county government showing up. She was the uh, chairwoman for the Women's Roundtable for the Miami Beach Chamber. And just a lot of people are, are familiar with her. And I 
the thing that I love the most and was so inspired by her is the fact that she was able to show up for so many people. Mm. I love that she was very happy for other women entrepreneurs. She did what she could to provide resources to them, to share ideas. And she recognized some of the difficulties that are unique to being a woman business owner. And with her, she had children. She ran her business. She was present in the community. And those are things that I aspire to be. I'm very inspired and, and motivated by my own parents who are both immigrants uh, my mother is from Panama. My father's from Nigeria. They both uh, were active duty and were in the U.S. military. So I'm quite patriotic in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very exciting about the possibilities that are available to every single person who is an American and mm-hmm. the, you know, the story of being an American, the possibilities of the things that can happen for you and the sacrifices that have been made for many people over the years in order for us to get where we are today. And I think that again, very much aligns with my own joy-focused business. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the million-dollar marketing firm that I have, the fact that I've been able to work with a number of different, um, very famous people, Damon John, Rick Ross. With um, I'm very proud of the work we did with India Irie to celebrate her Grammy-winning um, uh, <laughs> album, its 20th year anniversary. And I hope that by being available and being there for so many other women business owners that we all can have a story like Spanx, you know, Mm -hmm. because possible. And I think that, you know, especially because of the environment that we're in, the access to technology that we have, and it's just an amazing time. It's an amazing time to pursue your dreams, Mm -hmm. whatever those dreams may be. Amazing. I am so, I'm like fired up right now. I need to go take some notes or, or <laughs> I don't know, go run a marathon or, or something after that. That's so awesome. So I'm an entrepreneur and small business owner myself, and I'm always looking to learn more. And my favorite question to ask when I interview people is what advice you wish you could tell your younger self, or what do you wish you knew before starting your business? So fill me in. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Well, I'll I'll start this one. This is easy for me. I will tell you the one thing I wish I knew that I tell everyone is you are going to fail and there are going to be bumps in the road the entire time Mm. instead of stopping pivot and go around it. That's the best way I can describe it because I, in the beginning, I thought every wrong thing or failure or mess up, I literally was like, I'm shutting down. It's over. I don't know what I'm doing. Like yeah. my, we still joke. I told my husband, I'm like, I'm shutting down. I like messed up everything. I don't even know what's going on. I, I'm done. I'm going to go back in the classroom and teach. And he's like, what? And now I laugh. It's, it's almost, um, I feel like if you know about it and accept it when it comes, it's not as not of a big deal, right? Because you're expecting right. it. So I joke now, this just happened two weeks ago when it happens. I almost smirk to myself and think, okay, what am I going to learn from this one? Mm-hmm. I don't even care anymore. It's mm-hmm. not, I didn't lose a deal or I didn't mess up on this. It is what it is, right? Because I've learned from all of them. I would not be the person I am today without all that happening. You know, I joke, I was banned from a whole school district for like two years. And I thought it was the end of the world because they were my biggest clients. And then like four years later, they all came crawling back and I was charging like four times more. And they're like, can we have a deal? I was like, nope. But it would, it was, I would not be the stronger, more confident person without that happening. And I learned from that. And so like something happened a couple of weeks ago and I just thought, and my team's like, does nothing bother you? And I'm like, I just, this, 
this stuff happens. This is, this is life. And it's just, it's magnified when you're running a business. And so I just say, expect it and just see what you're going to learn from it because it always comes with a lesson and it'll only make you better. You may not see it at the time, but, and that's just business and personal. Wow. Amazing. Okay, what else? Oh, girl. Um, dear younger me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lose heart. <laughs> I, there are things um for sure that I would love to be able to tell myself. I, I think the the things life is so short. I know somebody mm-hmm. said that earlier. I think it was you, Lisa. It is really, really short. And I wish I had not spent so much time worrying about how things would turn out or what people would think. And I wish I had just like gone for it from the get go. And I just, I applaud you all for, for what you're doing at the time that you're doing it. So I would love to say to myself, it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret anything that I've done in, in terms of starting the different businesses that I've started and where they took me. Each one of them helped me to grow as a person. And it may not have turned out in the end exactly as I had envisioned it. In many cases, it was better or different because it made me better. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I would say to mind the voices that are in your head. Mm. And we need to follow our intuition, but the voices that we hear in our head are not always our own. We hear our mother's voices and our, you know, our auntie's voices and our culture's voices. And there are just, you know, the naysayers. We look at people who've done it, who say, you can't do what you think you're going to do, but it's not their dream. It's your dream. Mm. And if it's your dream, you will find a way, even if it's challenging or difficult or looks impossible. And that's because, you know, problems are really just solutions looking to emerge. Mm. That's it. Without problems, we don't grow. We don't get better. We don't move forward. So we need those problems and we need to embrace them. And we need to just tune out that stuff that says, you know, this is hard. This is difficult. This is impossible. You can't do it. If you really want to do it, you will find a way to make it happen. Yes. Don't let anybody steal your dream. And I know that's Ziggler, but that's the bottom line. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if it was me, I would just say, enjoy the ride because, (laughs) you know, when I published my book, Stumbling Through Adulthood, it's an interactive journal for failing forward. Lisa, I'm right there with you that those failures, they are so rich. They just give you so much to learn from and to move forward. And that every time that you do make a mistake, you know that, okay, that thing didn't work. I think it was Albert Einstein who said, you want to keep making mistakes because you're, that's the fastest way to get to what the, you know, what the solution will be. And so (laughs) for me, it's just to remember that nobody, this is what I would tell other entrepreneurs, nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody is trying. Yes. (laughs) They're trying their best and they're making decisions based on what they know at that time and the access that they have at that time. I think every entrepreneur will look back and say, oh, if I knew what I know now, I would have done it differently. But sometimes it's if I knew who I know now, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't you wouldn't have met those people if you didn't take those steps, small, those small steps in order to become who it is that you're going to be. So I think, you know, really enjoy the journey and embrace those opportunities to learn 
and be excited about all the people you meet along the way. I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I'm a millennial, if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I'm an elder millennial these days. I'm I'm one of the ancients. And so <laughs> and so uh I experienced the recession. I experienced um I'm now experiencing all of these kind of huge global <laughs> life-changing activities that have hit me kind of like every five years. So when I graduated from college, I intended to work for the government. I thought that I was going to be working in the foreign affairs office. And I learned all this stuff about being able to motivate and move huge groups of people because I thought I was going to be helping them to vote one way or the other. Turns out the recession told me different. And I, what I know is very good to make people buy one thing or the other, or for them to get behind a mission or a nonprofit. And so am I very proud of the fact that, you know, nonprofits have come to me and I've raised over six figures for them in one day, forgive Miami day. Heck yeah. But I know about, thank you. I know about give Miami day because of my history of government, of the Mm -hmm. fact that I thought I would be working in government. Am I excited that I've been able to help clients to get their minority status with the federal government so they can go after government contracts and go from being a five-figure per month business to making millions of dollars on contract for multiple years? You better believe it. But Mm -hmm. in the moment of the recession, I thought, wow, I just invested three years into college and the job I want doesn't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking at Mm -hmm. that time. And so when I came into the job market and I was taking all these different jobs, I landed in real estate working for Coldwell Banker Residential Real Estate. I worked for their corporate offices and I've met some of the most successful real estate people in the nation, like number one, number one, and all of these very wealthy people. And it was such an awesome experience because I learned how to run a company because Coldwell Banker has been around for forever. They're very corporate and they're big on training. I was able to connect with millions on a very regular basis so mm-hmm. that I wasn't off put by having to communicate with people who are quite wealthy or who are running large companies. Mm-hmm. I learned how to how to be in that environment. And now I spend all of my time in my nonprofit, hopefully letting other people benefit from that, you know, from that non-school knowledge mm-hmm. that I have. Because mm-hmm. it's such a unique experience to go through that process. And I hope that that experience will be just as uh, satisfying and useful that it has been for me for as many people as possible until the end of my days. Because mm-hmm. what what if, what are we not if we can't use and leverage our tribe to fill in the gaps for the things that we don't know how to do? Well, guess what? The next mm-hmm. person might do it or they have an experience. I think it was you, Vanessa, who said that being a woman business owner is so, can be a incredibly unique experience mm-hmm. and the fact that it can be quite off-putting and everything feels mm-hmm. very new and it feels like you're doing everything wrong. And until you have environments like this, and thank you, Madison, for bringing us all here together and hosting this panel, you don't know that what you're going through is normal. Thank yeah. you, Lee, for right? saying you're going to keep making these mistakes and it's just a part of the whole thing. But because women are told that they want to be the number one mom wife, mother, daughter, you're supposed to be great at everything. And we're smiling our way through it. And, you know, social media kind of encourages that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. We need specialized niche environments like this 
um, mm-hmm. to talk about the truth of it all because mm-hmm. there is truth behind it. Yes. So wonderful. Well said. <laughs> Very well said. Yes. One of the missing things like this, the your generation talks so honestly about the reality of life. And uh, that, that wasn't, it wasn't that way in the previous century. You know, we all had this um, sort of stepford wife, um, you know, got to have your pearls and your pumps on. And, and we didn't talk about what we were really going through as women. And mm-hmm. as a result, growing up in that generation, we didn't have the truth to work from. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were trying to be this image of what society said a good woman should look like and be like and what she should do. I'm so excited to see so many young women just coming on the scene and just doing what's in their heart and doing it mm-hmm. full out. Yes. Uh, it is it's really inspiring to be on the other side of this and and be like, yeah, I'm going to go run with them too because um right. they're running for something worthy. Like this is yeah. really worthy and our world needs our gifts. We need to bring the divine feminine into the world. Mm-hmm. We need to bring the other perspective. We talked about balance, you know, work-life balance, but there needs to be balance in the world that we live in. And if our voices are silent, if we aren't telling our authentic and true stories, then the world is missing out on the benefit of that wisdom and that experience. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I couldn't cheer more for for that sentiment. And storytelling mm-hmm. is how we as human beings move forward. Mm-hmm. We tell our stories so that we can learn from one another. Um, when I was very little, I wanted to be an archaeologist. I thought it was so amazing with like Indiana Jones and all those things. And I, I used to look at buildings and think, you know, if pe- if every if all of this falls away and we're reduced down to just the stones or the steel that's there, people are going to think that we worship McDonald's in the mall. They're going to think the mall. <laughs> I used to think that, and and um, you know, it's a it's a wonderful age to be in, and where we have technology. But that's why that's why my nonprofit hosts publisher, which is a book fair for women authors, because your stories are are what stays. That's mm-hmm. what stays your power yep. to go on for the next person. It's a beautiful thing to be a mm-hmm. storyteller. Yes. Yeah. Well, my last question before we wrap up, what are your entrepreneurial superpowers? <laughs> what what do you bring to the table aside from the storytelling? Like we talked about resilience. Yes. <laughs> you have to be a rubber ball. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to bounce off the floor, the ceiling, the walls. I, I think resilience is the, uh, for me, that's my superpower. I get knocked down. I just keep coming back. The, mm-hmm. the, and it gets easier over time. Like the first time you get up, it is so hard to get up because we don't think we're going to get knocked down. That's part of right. the way we're trained, right? All we see is the instant gratification, but, uh, and people don't tell the dirty stories. You know, they always tell the overnight success stories. They don't talk about the the clawing through the mud and the tears and the sweat and the blood and the failure after failure. Um, Yeah. So learning to become resilient is probably, and being teachable, like Mm. you've got to be coachable. You've got to be constantly learning. One of the things that I figured out early on is like, my business can never get any bigger than I am as a person. And so when I started really just forgetting, like taking a million business classes, and I started really delving into self-development and growing myself as a person, my business just consequently 
um, took off along that trajectory with me as I grew. So I think growing is essential. I love Absolutely. it. Yeah. I think for me, what I've kind of learned is that the, the one thing that I'm just, I think is just my, my natural, thank God I have this, but I just tend to see the positive in everything. I'm just a very, it can be like really bad situation. I'm like, but da 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 da. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> but I think I've learned as a leader for both my businesses that um, that's like a superpower in its own way because it kind of changes the whole mood and, and thoughts of everyone around you because mm-hmm. stuff's going to happen, like I was saying before. And so when I can like immediately go to the positive, it kind of changes everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we stay on the path we're supposed to be on. And we, you know, we, we, everyone kind of goes, Oh yeah, you're right. Or this or that. And I think overall just being, um, I don't know if calm is the right word, but I don't like overreact. I feel like we're in this world mm-hmm. of, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this or that. And I'm like, calm down. like everyone who's like 20, I'm like, calm down. Okay. <laughs> this is life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to cry? Let's have real problems here. <laughs> yes. But it's very much like, you know, I don't, and when I see that happening, especially with, with my teams, I'm like, okay, guys, it's all cool. Don't worry. We're going to get through this, this, you know? So I think just as a leader, especially um, because, you know, I, I can't do anything without my team. So I've got to keep, you know, as much as I got to take care of my family, I got to take care of my teams too. So, you know, it's, it's just that ability to see the positive thing and just kind of saying common overreacting because, Stuff's going to happen and just got to, you know, pivot and keep going. So I'd say those are probably my two. I can't find the right words for them. That's the best way to explain them though. <laughs> That's really cool. And um, I would say, and I just discovered this this year because I've delved into personal development, Vanessa. And so my uh, coach who I meet with every January, we set our plan for the year, pointed out to me that my superpower is audacity. Mm-hmm. I have the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> to just go. And I think it's been wonderful because I am a big mouth. I'm the chatty Kathy of my brothers in my house. And, you know, I will ask for the thing that I don't or society doesn't say I should have. So, and it's great because I know that other people won't ask, but I will ask. And that's how we were able to raise that $15 million to invest into businesses that are owned and operated by women who probably would never have the opportunity to ask or wouldn't be in the right rooms to do those things. And Mm -hmm. I have the audacity to say that traditional publishing is not the only way that you can get your story out there because I'm a millennial and I know that we know who Drake is because Drake was Aubrey and he was sharing his music on YouTube. We know who Justin Bieber is because he was on YouTube. We know who all these other, you know, there's so many different avenues to get your story out there. And so I have the audacity to believe in your capability to build a joy-focused business, to be in alignment with the things that make sense to you, that are valuable to you, and to make money while you do it. Why? Because I'm a child of immigrants and I look at the American dream as something that everybody can achieve because of the democratization of technology. It's just Mm -hmm. there. So I just believe that it can happen and I'm willing to put in the work to make sure that it does. And not only for myself and my own business, but for every other woman who comes into my atmosphere. I want her to flourish. I want her to do well and have the audacity to geek her up. I want to gas her up. <laughs> so that she's yes. Yes. I do love that word. <laughs> 
Oh, so good, ladies. Well, thank you so much all for sharing and taking the time to meet with me today. I am so inspired and I just can't wait to continue to see all that you will accomplish and the rest of this year and for many more years to come. Thank you, thank you so, so much. much. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you.